When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, August 1st. Today's episode is going to be a mini break podcast in the truest sense of the word. I am going to try in 10 minutes or less to offer thoughts on everything that happened on Tuesday across our five tour level events. Now, I don't want any of you to think that the brevity of this podcast is due to it being an uninteresting day in the pro tennis world. That's the furthest thing from true. We have five tour level events on the calendar, a joint 500 tournament in Washington, D.C., 250s in Prague, Los Cabos, Kitzbühel. It's an exceptional week to be a fan of the pro tennis world. The reason why Today's episode may be on the shorter side is because I'm trying to save my stamina. Not only do I have the privilege every day of being editor-in-chief here at Cracked Rackets, this week I'm serving double duty as I have the opportunity to be a commentator for Tennis Channel's T2 service. I also get to play a role in their newest show. It's called Second Serve. It's available on T2 or on their TC Plus streaming services. If you have not tuned into Second Serve, it is a tennis viewing experience unlike anything else being offered out there. It's a simulcast sort of program. Not only do we get to hop in and out of the best matches happening excuse me, anywhere around the globe, we just get to speak with some of the brightest minds in the tennis universe as well. Who did we speak to today? We talked to Neil Skupski. We talked to Washington, D.C. tournament director Mark Ein. I'm blanking on the name of the tournament director. His last name's Hale. I think it's Michael Hale, who's the tournament director for the men's event. I believe, in Toronto or Montreal, wherever that is this year. Uh, we're going to have Peyton Stearns on the show tomorrow. We had Tommy Paul. We had Tanasi Kokonakis on the show on Monday. Not only do we have the opportunity to speak with those players, we get to watch alongside whatever match it is we're tuned into. This second serve experience, it is probably my favorite thing I get to do in the tennis world content-wise. And again, a massive thank you. Not that he's going to be listening to this because he deals with my voice enough throughout the course of every day while I'm in L.A., but to my producer, Mike Haston, cannot thank him enough for the opportunity. Sincerely, if you have YouTube TV, if you have TC+, tune in to Second Serve tomorrow. You won't regret it. I believe the cast, Jeff Chisiver, Tracy Austin, Nick Monroe. I'm going to get to hop in as well. I know we have Peyton Stern scheduled as a guest for tomorrow. I'm sure there are plenty others I'm not thinking of as well. It's an awesome experience. That's why I stick around the additional four hours at TC Studios to be able to participate even in whatever limited role it may be. Today it was traffic and weather together on the 8th. In other words, at the top of every other hour, I got to reset where things were in the tennis world off of your scoreboard updates, what happened earlier in the day, what was still to come as well. I got to preview. It was a condensed version, essentially a four-minute 
edition of the Mini Break Podcast, and I got to do it on TV, which, again, is a dream come true for me. Always privilege, privilege, that's how you say that word in English, always a privilege to be able to be here in L.A., in Santa Monica, hang out at the Tennis Channel Studios. I can't thank everyone enough there for tolerating my nonsense for the time that I am here. It was great to get to catch up with Jensen Brooksby as well, who is serving as a commentator this week. I'll try to get him to come on the podcast. He's a busy man, but I will ask him very kindly, see if we can't chat with him for five, ten minutes at some point, given our overlaps, our overlapping schedules, excuse me, in TC Studios. Anyways, this introduction does not count as the 10 minutes or less part of the podcast where I talk about the tennis that happened on Tuesday. This is my explanation for why today's episode is going to be shorter. I got to hit the Z's. I got to rest up. I want to give you podcasts each and every day this week. It's the sort of week in the tennis world that is deserving of a at least five podcast week here on the mini break. And not only do I want to do that, I of course also want to get into previewing San Diego, Kalamazoo, the girls and boys 16s and 18s national championships at some point on a podcast this week. I of course also want to do a heck of a job and, you know, again, make my case in, or at least allow Haston to feel justified in placing his trust in me to steer the ship on T2 and again be a part of second serve. So five minute intro aside, it is going to be a shorter mini break podcast episode here on Tuesday. Uh, again, introduction aside, I appreciate all of your listener, all of you listeners understanding that fact. With that said, shout out to all of you. Shout out to our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, we're off and talking about a five-event week on the WTA and ATP calendar. Let's start with the action Prague. Had the opportunity to call matches in Prague in particular today. I had the opportunity to watch former Syracuse All-American, a player who took two years off. And of course, those two years happened to overlap with the pandemic. But she took two years off from the end of 2019 when she left Syracuse, start of 2022, how about 26-year-old Gabriella Knudsen? I know she qualified for the event this week. She was up a set and a break. 6-2-4-3 ultimately drops her match. 2-6-6-4-6-4 to the 28-year-old veteran Teresa Martin-Sova. But Knudsen's the real deal. 26 years old, already up to new number 240 in the world. That's on the back of a 47-20 and 20 stretch over her last 52 weeks. It's seen her make nine different ITF quarterfinals. She's won three titles during that stretch, all three of them coming at the 25K level. She's up to the top 250, and she did it in 18 months. We've talked about all-American level and players like Stearns, Navarro, Schneider transitioning so quickly to the pros. John Parsons and I every week on the Great Shot podcast talk about other players like Startup Seva, the former Old Dominion standout, or obviously you see players like Shelton and I mean, do I have to go through the 14 top 100 ATP singles players with college tennis ties? No, because then this podcast won't be 10 minutes or less. Here's the point. Knudsen has weapons. There were a plethora of unforced errors, and she ultimately double faulted on match point, her ninth double fault of the match, uh, not on match point, but I think to seed the break. There were significant double faults, again, nine of them throughout the course of the match. That said, Martin Sova was very candid after the match and saying, look, it was very difficult for me to find my rhythm given the pressure Knudsen put on her. And Again, that's my most notable takeaway from the day in Prague is Gabriela Knudsen, the former Syracuse All-American. She has top 100 weapons. 
the ball she hits is that explosive. I love how circular the back swings are, how well she gets under and outside the ball. If Knudsen makes a top 100 push, particularly given the fact, again, she took a two-year sabbatical away from tennis. I know she was still hitting on the own, but she wasn't touring, traveling full-time. She is now. She's top 250. She had the 28-year-old veteran Martin Sova on the edge. Martin Sova, though, ultimately threw in three. That was the most notable result. But, of course, the biggest storyline in Prague, top three seeds all eliminated. Boshkova yesterday in three sets by Christian. This time, Julin knocked out 1-6-6-4-6-2 by Vic Meyer. You had a 15th consecutive loss. Yes, you heard that correctly. A 15th consecutive loss for Jung Shui. That's brutal, uh, obviously, as she drops another tough one, this time 2-2 two and two to Yuan Yua. I mean, again, for Julin, since obviously having maybe the best month of January, I mean, not the best month of January because Sabalenka won the title, but as good a month of January as anyone not named Sabalenka uh, to see, you know, Julin has struggled since that run in Hua Hin. And obviously, we're back on the hard courts, the surface where she had her most success. It's a tough loss to the veteran Vic Meyer. Still, that's a good win on the flip side for Vic Meyer as well. That said, you know, now things open up wide open. And if you're fourth seed, Linda Noskova, one and two winner today, you got a serious shot, not just to defend your points in Prague from last season, but maybe make a run at a first tour level title. I mean, looking at everyone else in the draw, Elise Cornet surviving in three sets against 2022 junior French Open champion Lucy Havlikova. Again, the top three seeds are out. If you're a player like a Julie Niemeyer, we know what she's capable of. Obviously, a Naskova Wang Shiyu who knocked out Clara Tossin in three sets. Look, this podcast is never going to be 10 minutes if I continue at this pace. But guess what? I set the rules. I can break my own rules as well. According to Tennis Abstract, Linda Naskova is now the favorite. 18.8% chance of winning the event according to the singles forecast. Kanepi, Cornet, who, by the way, face off in the round of 16. They're the next two favorites. So one imagines... The winner of that probably becomes the favorite overall still. Opportunities. Prague is the one that gets funky. And if you're watching for anything, I think this is the week for 18-year-old Linda Noskova, who, just a reminder, uh, last year in Prague, what, it was a semifinal run before she got knocked out by Boshkova. If my memory serves me correct, that is indeed what happened. Maybe she can take things a step further here this season. That said, that's where things stand in Prague. Let's move over now to Washington, D.C. Obviously, again, that's where if you're going to make time to watch any event throughout the course of this week, make D.C. the place to be. We're going to rapid fire through results here. I'm just going to go through all of them, offer my takes. Most underrated 2021 season right now belongs to Madison Keys. 21-9 and nine now overall in the year. She knocks off Jung Chin Wen in straight sets in what was the nightcap, 5-1. and one. Two players right now in the WTA Tour, top 50 in ranking, top 10 in both hold and break percentage. Iga, obviously one of them. Madison Keys is the other. Speaks to how high the peaks have been for the 28-year-old, who may feel old because she's been a part of our lives for a decade. Madison Keys is like six months older than me. I refuse to consider her old, folks. Uh, moving through, though, big win for Layla Fernandez. She just needs victories. 3-5 and five over Bernarda Pera, who, again, is looking for all the points she can get. Fernandez back up to number 80 in the live rankings with her win. That's obviously far lower than she should be. How about Haley Baptiste? We'll talk about her more later. The 21-year-old American who has always had the weapons. 6-1, love 6-6-3 in her hometown over Carolina Pliskova. That would be your feel-good win for the day if it wasn't the retur- for the return. That would be your feel 
good win of the day. This is why the podcast has to be quick today because I'm losing the thread here. That would be my favorite result if it wasn't for Jen Brady, who knocked out Kalanina 6-2-6-1. I mean, come on now. We haven't seen Jen Brady play a tour-level match in about two years. Two and one over a player top 40 in the rankings. I don't care if Kalanina struggled of late. Two and one. And most importantly, the, the highest compliment I can offer, and we'll talk about her later in the week, but she just looked like Jen freaking ba- Brady. That forehand was roping around the court. Speaking of roped around the court, Peyton Stearns, 1-4 over Magdalena Freak. Lucky loser takes the place of Sonia Kennan's draw. Now that she's healthy, once again, makes the absolute most of it. One spot off her career high right now, sitting at 56. She earns a victory. She will jump up to number 52 in the live rankings. That would be a career high, and by the way, would put her one spot above her college rival, Emma Navarro. So something to keep an eye out for. Again, your winners on the women's side today in D.C. Keys, Fernandez, Baptiste, Brady, Stearns, Kirstea. We'll see a bunch more of the top seeds start to get in action now that we've completed all of our round one action. We'll get Pagula, Sakari. Goff, Garcia, 11 top 10 players, 11 top 25, excuse 11 top 10 players. This is why the pod's got to be short today. 11 top 25 players in the draw on the women's side in D.C. All the matchups are funky, right? I mean, Kostyuk Garcia in, Samson over Kirstea in, Baptiste Goff, two Americans who have been faces of the rising American talents in, Fernanda Sakari in, Stearns Pagula in. Svitolina Casakina in. Benchich Davis. Nah. <laughs> that, that one's okay, but Madison Keys, Jen Brady in. Yeah, sign me up for that round of 16, please. It is going to be fun in Washington, D.C. on the women's side. Of course, it's going to be fun on the men's side as well, and that's where I want to turn to next. You look at what happened on Tuesday. I wouldn't say there were any notable upsets on the day. You look at the results we saw in D.C. Oh, that was the dumbest thing I could say. Leave it in, but give me a rewind sound effect. And by the way, some of you may not hear the rewind sound effect because it's late. Uh, just the time difference for me and Westoff. Sometimes I got to post these pods on my own. We did see an upset today. Michael Moe, 636776 over Hoopy Harcots. Check the tweets. Check the pods. We did a Michael Moe podcast when we first founded Cracked Rackets back in 2017 because he was one of the guys, one of the 98s. Him, Francis Kozlov, eventually Blumberg Wolf joined that 98s crew. Michael Moe's a Kalamazoo champion, the most prestigious U.S. junior event in the ball game. Michael Moe, no one has ever questioned Michael Moe's ability on the court, the movement, the physicality. Those two words mean the same thing, the ability to hit the, the the serve Mach 125, the improvisational skills, because he does have such tremendous speed. I mean, it was an ugly... It was not the prettiest of tennis between he and Hubie Hercots, but 6'3", 6, 6, 7, 7, 6, over top 20 guy in the world. Michael freaking Moe positions himself for a massive hardcourt summer. He'd fallen outside the top 100, but now with this victory back up to number 102... Michael freaking Mo. We're back to our roots here at Cracked Rackets. Americans, by the way, 4-2 and two overall on the day. I won't lie. I didn't watch a ton of it. But Tiafo 6-6 six and six over Karatsev. I mean, the longer Francis can play in front of his home crowd in Washington, D.C. We saw Kevin Durant in the house tonight. The longer Francis survives, the better it is for pro tennis. Because 
Francis winning in DC is first 30 minutes of sports center good like that's how exciting it might be for the tennis world like that's a transcending sort of moment the crowds will be special Mark Ein said as much you know again he said I'm not rooting for anyone but I would say it would be very special if we had someone from our home community make the final for obvious reasons Tiafo Mo they've been linked forever January 98 that, that those are the guys great to see them both advance to the round of 16 in DC this year we saw wins for Grigor over Mackey Rusevori rightens the ship he'd been playing 500 ball this year but now we're back on the hard courts he's back to doing his best he knocks off reigning finalist Yoshihito Nishioka who will drop 12 spots in the rankings with this result still Rusevori through and three there's a broader conversation to be had about Ben Shelton's 2023 season, what we learned from it. I need a guest in order to do that properly, but Shelton knocked out for the second consecutive week by the talented 18-year-old from China, Jerry Shang. Jerry, by the way, and I think it's Shang. I apologize. Jerry Shang, by the way, first Chinese man to win a singles match in D.C., yet alone win multiple matches now. The qualifier, obviously, up to a new career high, number 152. Excuse me, not a new career high. Three off his career high, but one more win will propel him to a new career high of number 143. Still 18 years old, 152 in the world. Yeah, the lefty has our attention. Other winners on the day, Thompson in three. Shout out Zach Sfida, the qualifier, two-time Kalamazoo champion through in three. Shoshima Bakuru, who takes the place of Kei Nishikori, who's nursing that knee injury, rather safe than sorry. He's through in straights over Lloyd Harris. That's a tough loss for Lloyd Harris, who played particularly well of late or started to get it back. Lethargic start for Kokonakis. Ultimately, he's through in three sets, 2-6-6-4, for Taro Daniel. That, was, that match got really fun at the end, particularly given how bad it was to start. And then your match of the day. Brandon Nakashima and Alex Vukic have played five sets against one another in their career. All five have gone to breakers. Nakashima, a much-needed win, 6-6, six 7-5, and 11-9 six, and in the breakers. Vukic had the high forehand volley for 10 all. He just flubbed it. Uh, and so Nakashima escapes. But that match was really fun and for Vukic, who you just have to wonder how much gas did he even have left in the tank coming into this one. Was down a set and a break. Was down a set and two love. Never folded. That said, for a guy who's dealt with a ton of injuries this year, much needed win for Brandon to kick off his hard court summer again. Tiafo, Mo, Dimitrov, Rusevori, Shang, all through to the round of 16. Kokonakis, Nakashima, Shimabakuru, Svida, Jordan Thompson, three set winner over Kevin Anderson. Uh, those were your winners on the day in DC. And Again, it's a 48 draw, so things get weird. We still have a bunch of second rounders on the schedule. Fritz versus Fida, Nakashima Murray, you know, Chris Eubanks, JJ Wolf gonna get their tournaments in action. We'll see Felix for the first time in what feels like forever. My favorite match on the calendar, though, tomorrow, it's not Nakashima Murray, although it is Nakashima Murray. But besides that, for the hipsters, Korda Shevchenko. Those are two guys who I think could be good for a very long time moving forward. I mean, you all know my thoughts on Korda already, but Shevchenko's fun. He hits a big ball. He moves well. I don't know if this is a relevant factoid. He's dating Potapova. It's a good life for Alexander Shevchenko. Uh, again, that's where things stand right now in D.C. Taylor Fritz, the favorite, 24.7%, according to Tennis Abstract. Last two tournaments, we're going to rapid fire through these. These are the two I've spent the least amount of time with. We'll start in Kitzbühel. I mean, 
Nothing particular of note has happened thus far. Dushan Lajevic was knocked out by Zheng Zhizhen, who is on pace to become the first man born in China to crack the top 50 of the ATP singles rankings, currently 60 in the rankings. I think he's four, three victories away this week, so if he gets to the final, that's what would help him crack it, uh, crack it and get to the top 50. Shout out to Chris Otto, who I think pointed that out on Twitter, dear friend of the show. I mean, again... Him over Lajevic, 3-2, and two, considering he made semis of a 500 last week in Hamburg on clay. Not shocking. Team threw in straights for the second straight week over Bagnus. He's starting to find his form. Good on Rinderknesh, wins a challenger last week. Three sets over Surundalo here to kick off his week now. Altmaier, who's currently sitting at a new career high right now, is a 24-year-old German Drops the first set in what was a tricky matchup, getting it with a lefty with a big serve into his one-handed backhand, but ultimately three sets over Marc-Andre Hussler. Again, this is much like Prague on the women's side. Anyone's ball game. Echeverry, the top seed, 14.4% according to Tennis Abstract. Laszlo Jura, 12.7. Ofner, 11.3. Hanfman, 10.8. That's Tennis Abstract's way of saying, yeah, throw a dart at the board because your guess is as good as ours. As for Los Campos... Again, I saw some highlights of this, but Isner, 2-6 and six over Hijikata. John gonna John. Kovacevic, 2-5 and five over Omni Kumar. The lefty's tricky, but Kova has the three biggest weapons on the court. His serve, his forehand, his brain. Melgini Alves, it's a good win over Tabilo. Heis Brower, 6-2 in the third over Diallo. Tarante, 6-2 over Gonzalo Lama. Haven't seen any of the top 25 players compete yet in Los Cabos. I'm going to catch up on that tomorrow. We'll lead the show with that uh, so that you feel up to date on everything happening across the tennis world. But with that said, that's your 21 minutes, 21 minute update, I suppose, on everything that's happened in the tennis world thus far, of course. Again, why is this a shorter pod? Well, I got to get some rest because I want to be amped prepared not only for my role on T2, but to give you podcasts each and every day to keep you up to date on everything happening in the tennis world. Of course, the reason we are able to do that day in, day out here on this show is because of the support we get from all of you, the support we get from our dear friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. And of course, because of the support we get from our dear friends and our super producer, dear friend, Daniel Westoff, who, as always, has a of an iron job to do day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With all that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.